Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I welcome Amy Goff to our podcast today. And on um, our podcast, we're going to be talking about resetting and thriving when divorcing a narcissist. In this episode, we're going to discuss how to not get stuck in the narcissist trap when divorcing. But first, let's meet Amy. Amy is a narcissist abuse and trauma specialist. She works with women, mainly single moms. I love how you say that. Um, who have experienced narcissistic abuse to help them heal, set boundaries, regain control, increase their self-worth, and move forward with their lives. And cutest of all is little Frankie, who's your son. How old is he, Amy? He's three and a half. I saw Mm -hmm. his picture on your website. He's totally adorable. He is cute. So welcome (laughs) to our discussion today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'd love to get started with you sharing your story. How, you know, what has your journey been like and how did you arrive at being um, this resource that you are to so many people? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, So yeah, obviously I'm Amy, firstly a mum to Frankie, who is three and a half now. And this is the perfect age. I love it so much. The newborn age was hard. (laughs) But now I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone, everyone loves that newborn age. And I was like, oh, just get him to six months or a year. And then three years old is my favorite. Yeah, honestly, it's like I have a little best friend now. I love it so much. So yeah, mm-hmm. I have him. Um, He was born just before lockdown. So he was three weeks old when we went into lockdown in the UK. So that was a really tough time to have a baby unexpectedly with all of that happening. Mm-hmm. And then... Mm-hmm. At the time I was married when I had him and then at six weeks old my marriage broke down um so that's when I became a single mum so with lockdown divorce and he had severe reflux so he was crying and not sleeping all the time so that was like the worst year and time of my life like it was such a struggle um but I just had this mindset like I was a, I was a child of divorced parents that I didn't want this to have an impact on Frankie and no matter what happened like I wanted to make sure I still wanted to be the best mom I could to him and no matter what was going on with the breakdown of my marriage and everything that I had to focus on that and prioritize me in this so I just really wanted to work on like my mindset and feeling better um I think at the start I was probably just surviving which I realize now (laughs) it was just a crazy time so I just had to get through that but the fact that I overcame those things then and then creating my Instagram page and speaking to so many other people that were going through it and other women brought me on to why I'm doing what I'm doing now because it was such a lonely time as well 
I felt like it was just me going through everything and being a single mum. I didn't know any other single mums at the time. Like everyone around me was in what you think is like a perfect family environment. And I just felt a lot of shame. And I just felt like I could use all of what I've learned and through my experiences and then doing the course I've done um, to help other women to not feel that isolation and to kind of overcome it quicker. You know, it's so nice that we, yeah, that we use our, you know, our experiences to share and that's, that's being really vulnerable to be able to put yourself out there. And, you know, you know, when I went through my divorce and through my upbringing of my kids and all of that, we didn't have the social media. So you couldn't find someone who was going through or feeling what you were feeling in the format that we can now do that. So to be brave enough to, or smart enough to start something. Because I can't imagine having, you know, a six-week-year-old in lockdown mm. where you don't have anyone else to talk to, right? Oh, my gosh. Pe- people were feeling so lonely that didn't have children. Yeah. Um, you know, just being adults, I, you know, I was, I was just missing my friends, right? So to be stuck with a baby with reflux issues, good for you for, for finding that, that space to create a place. Because, yeah, there's so many people out there that don't have the courage to set something up but they have a place to go so that's really really amazing absolutely amy did you co-parent during this time or did you have frankie 24 7 how how did that work with you know the separation and your marriage breakdown yeah initially for a few months it was just me um, and then we started working on the co-parenting from a gradual process because frankie was so young Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So that would have been difficult. And I know a lot of people, when they're going through these types of situation, you said, you know, they do feel alone, right? So many mm-hmm. women and, and men too feel very alone in different scenarios of their life. So they can get distracted with the behaviors of what they may be experiencing versus what I hear you say, you just focused on doing the best you could making really good decisions. So how did you find that within yourself to do that? Because I would think that would be really hard. I think at the time I thought I was probably coping better than I was. And now I'm out of that situation. (laughs) Maybe I wasn't doing as well, but I was surviving and like functioning. And I think I was in a state of functional freeze, like looking back because I just had this baby and I just had to get up. So that kind of helped me because I had to do certain things and I had to keep going. And he was like my sole focus, which also um, distracted me from the divorce and all the litigation, all those things, because I just had to focus on my baby. Like he was the priority, Frankie. But from setting up the Instagram page at the time, initially it was to do with Frankie's reflux and reaching out for help around that. But I had so many other women reaching out to me at the time and just having that support and knowing that other people were going through the same experience helped. And I was just kind of surrounding myself with positivity. Um, And that's what really helped me, like seeing other positive like role models and women who were like thriving. And I was like, I want that to be me and having that rather than getting like wrapped up in the negativity, I was just trying to switch like my mindset and focus on the things that were going to help me in the situation. 
and the things that I could control because I couldn't control so much. And I think that was the hardest bit at the start was I felt so out of control of my life. Like so many things were happening. And like you say, like finance, there's so many different things that you just have, you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how your life's going to look. And I felt so scared that I was just like, I just need to focus on the things that I can do and that are going to make me feel better. You know, you have something on your Instagram I just saw actually this morning and it I really liked it. It said, um, said if you don't know the answer to, to something, ask yourself what's the advice you would give to your child. And, you know, for, for us, we deal with all the financials of people going through divorce. And from time, every day, daily, several times a day, we hear, you know, I'm going to ask my attorney for permission to get financial advice advice, or I'm going to ask my spouse, who's already financially controlling, if I should get financial advice, even though women feel like they need that, they feel like they have to ask somebody else. So immediately in my head switched to, you know, ask yourself if your daughter came to you and said, I have no financial clarity, I'm being financially abused, my spouse is a narcissist, you know, Mm -hmm. what would you say to your daughter? You would say, go get that clarity. And it really just resonated as I was looking through your Instagram, everything with a child becomes that adult who's being controlled in a course of abusive relationship. They still feel the need to ask for permission for themselves, for their own self-value. So I do really like the mind shift of what's the advice you'd give to your daughter or your son, you know, and take that and Mm -hmm. think of yourself. And you said it earlier, you know, I had to prioritize myself. Yeah. Um, on one of your other posts, I think it said, you know, would you, would my son want a happy mom or a, um, I forget what it was now, but you're, I think it was married mom or, oh, thank you. Married mom. Yeah. yeah I, I, and I love that. And it's so true because people, you know, always say, you know, I got divorced 12 years ago and, um, they always said, you know, you're going to mess your kids up. I have five of them. I have three step kids I raised and I had two of my own. And I'm like, no. So I, I'm I'm quoted often by saying divorce does not mess your kids up. It's how you behave before, during, or after that can mess yeah. your kids up. They do. They want a happy mom. That's what they yeah. want. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And I often say too, and I believe that, you know, you've set this up for yourself and helping so many other people, um, you know, based on your approaches, children aren't necessarily aren't necessarily going to listen and follow what you say they're going to follow what you do yeah. and so you know by setting yourself up in a space of confidence and and clarity and a, an intention to move forward in that way provides that to your children as well and so that's probably an incentive for all of us to you know stay in that happy positive moving forward space so our kids learn to do that too Especially yeah. during the pandemic, that must have just been extraordinary. Yeah, it was a strange time, wasn't it? For yeah. everyone, you think, like looking back. Absolutely. We did. Yeah. So, Amy, in your work um, with your clients, and that, you know, your work is very specific to relationships with narcissists, mm-hmm. how do you help someone recognize that they actually are in a relationship with a narcissist? Like, how? how do you help them know that and then how how do you help them know what to do yeah so my role is trying to like help them find that answer themselves rather than telling them something and saying this is what's happening to you is trying to like help them to understand what is happening so they would obviously be like describing the behaviors and things so we would start to have a look at you know things that they may be doing so 
you know, typical narcissistic traits was that sense of entitlement, um, the grand sense of self-importance, um, the manipulative manipulative behaviours, the gaslighting, the emotional abuse. Um, so starting to get them to recognise some of these traits and have a look at what they value and what's important to them in a relationship and whether they feel like those are traits that they would um you know they would do to their partner and are happy with so starting to like get them to question it and think and from like an outside perspective have a look at it and again like would they be happy if their child was telling them this about their partner and how they were treating them because that can just have that outside perspective because when you're in that relationship with the narcissist your self-worth and self-esteem is so low and because those manipulative behaviors have been going on for so long you become so warped in their beliefs that you lose sight of what actually is important to you and how you feel because everything is about them so just trying to get them to see it from a different perspective can be really helpful and like at the start of the relationship it can be difficult because obviously you've got the love bombing and that's why it causes that confusion because of that cycle as well because they'll often say well you know, they do do really nice things and they say all the right things. Um, but then obviously with that becomes the devaluation and the whole cycle continues. So, um, yeah, just helping them to unpick it and have a look at the behaviors and traits that they're displaying. You know, we see that so much. And again, on the financial side, you're going to always hear me pull this back to the financial side, because I, I'm sure 90% of the people that you deal with are being financially controlled, which is why they have a really hard time exiting those relationships yeah. but you know we see it in the format of oh he promises or to take care of me if I agree to give him this in the in the settlement he's going to take care of me forever or he's going to take care of this forever mm-hmm. and you know if it's not in writing it's not happening or or if it's a narcissistic spouse they're not doing it they're saying it to make the love bombing as you mentioned and then remember you know devil's in the details if you don't have it in writing don't don't agree with it yeah yeah definitely and that is a massive barrier for women especially when you do have kids to be able to leave us the finances because normally in most cases it is the man who has and the narcissist who's got that financial control and power and you know being able to break free of that and start again is really scary yeah Mm -hmm. and even the the acknowledgement that it does travel down to the children and in most of time in their activities or their you know what they were afforded during the marriage sometimes the children then get stuck in the middle um just again as a another form of control do you find your clients are experiencing that as well um that they you know they're trying to continue that lifestyle for their children as well but there's so many barriers in that space all right first again trying to continue the lifestyle of what they had before was that the question yeah yeah Um, yeah and I think that comes with part of like the shame and the guilt that you experience because you feel like you need to continue that and I do see that with women that you you want to continue that because if you don't then that you're somehow letting down your children but again it's not all about you know the value and the materialistic it's the love and support that you're going to give them post-divorce um but also another means of like post-separation control is through the child maintenance which is often 
you know happens with the narcissist is they can manipulate those systems and the financial abuse continues throughout the separation mm-hmm. process yeah financial independence is scary sound but it's so exhilarating to know that you can have that and whether whether it's you're living a different lifestyle or not, just to be independent should be what you're seeking. And um, taking that first step is the hardest, but definitely the three of us are sitting here, if you're listening and encouraging you, take that first step, get that financial clarity, get that independence that you so rightfully deserve. And you don't need anyone's permission to do that. Amy, what would you say is the hardest and, and the best thing about being a single mom okay so the hardest thing I think at the start and and sometimes when I say this people have different opinions because I say like the loneliness is really hard and I know a lot of women say that actually that wasn't the hardest bit because they were lonely in the relationship and being on your own you're you're not so lonely anymore but it's it's just having to deal with everything on your own initially can be really scary and I think when I say loneliness it's feeling like it's just you I think that's the bit that I felt at the start it was just me that was a single mom um and no one else kind of knew what I was going through and it was yeah and all these things I had to manage and I just didn't know where to go and I just felt so overwhelmed with all of that I also again like the finances are really scary I think everything at the start just feels overwhelming because it's the unknown um and so just being able to have some kind of plan and structure in place at the start would be really helpful to take back some of that fear of the unknown but I always say to like clients is just focus on one day at a time as well rather than being like where am I going to be in a year's time because like you don't know nobody knows what's going to happen so just take it back and start with the things that you can focus on right now um but the best thing is the bond that you have with your child I mean especially initially like as hard as it was being in lockdown and being just me and Frankie like oh obviously so I'm so grateful that I had that time with him and even though it was so hard because we'll never get that moment again like it was just me and him for so long and I just feel like it's made our bond like so, so special. Um, and you get to do things your way as well, which is nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the best part, I think. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent, you get to do it your way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love That's that so because, you know, you get to realize who you are and your worth and your contribution as a parent, independently of wondering you know, are you making that decision or saying that phrase because you think it's what you're expected to say or supposed to say or supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're in a space, sounds like you were in a space where you had that autonomy to parent and take responsibility for your decisions. And, uh, and to Catherine's point, that that is exhilarating. Yeah, definitely. And it helps, you know, prove your confidence that you know that you can do these things. Like it's completely changed me as a person from who I was before having Frankie to having gone through all of this because you've had to have such strength and confidence to trust yourself and do all these things. So you know that you can do it. And yeah, you've got the evidence to back that. So that's great. Mm. And the resilience you're teaching your children is uh, is priceless. Isn't that what they say? Wasn't that a commercial priceless commercial all the time <laughs> but yeah. when they were showing things they would say that's priceless I, I, I mean I look yeah. back <laughs> yeah I look back and I you know of course um 
you know, we're older than you. And I look back at my children who are adults now. And although they probably think I'm still strange and crazy and all that stuff, um, I know they know I'm resilient, you know, and for me, for them to carry that on into their lives, uh, to me, that's like such a great gift to give our kids because you will have those tough times. You will have those times that you're doubting yourself as a mom or anything else, you know, even if you're married, you know, you still have those doubts, but to be able to get through that and be resilient through it is what's going to lead you to the success in your life. Um, so, you know, you, you didn't know you were doing the best you could at the time you were doing it. You did a damn good job, right? Look at Frankie now. He's thriving. I saw him too. He is adorable. I did see the pictures on your Instagram and I do miss those days and I wish I could come and just go in the pumpkin patch with you. Um, but I also like being independent and having my kids grown now too. <laughs> so it's enjoying every stage that they're at and knowing that you do the best you can every day that you're doing it. And if you can say that at the end of the day, when you lay your head down that you tried your best that day, good for you. And then we have other women, like the three of us sitting here who cheer each other on and know that, you know, life is scary, but if you're with an abusive relationship, you should get out and you should become financially independent because that's going to be your power. Yeah, definitely. I love that. So Amy, what is your best advice for coping as a single mom? So initially just know well know that you're not alone even though you feel like you are alone but like reach out for places that you know social media does get a bad rap sometimes but it's a great way to get support and seek that support from other mums and other people who've gone through similar experiences and if it wasn't for that like initially that helped me so much in yeah having someone to speak to and um also just like practical support like in the UK there's you know charities and support agencies that can help you like this uh I don't know if I should mention them on here is that okay sure yeah Mm -hmm. so there's um gingerbread charity which charity for single parents which is good for helping you with like advice at the start of even with finances and things like that of things that you may be entitled to in different aspects that you might want to get in place and then there's also the Frollo app I don't know if that's in the US as well but Mm -hmm. That's a, another single parent like support group. So they've got like chats on there and things where you can get advice and speak to other parents and they arrange meetups and things like that. So just getting like, yeah, other sources of support and as much support as you can. And again, like from family and friends and just trying to, as hard as it is, not beat yourself up about the shame and the guilt and all those things. And if you are noticing that and you are finding it really difficult, then speak to someone who can support you through that as well as well like therapy or you know specialist support around narcissistic abuse tongue twister <laughs> yeah yeah that's um, me with the queer coercive word I can never say it <laughs> coercive control I know yeah. the behavior matches the way it's hard to say it yeah. too yeah. <laughs> um And just starting to prioritize you, I think that's like so important because it's knowing that this is going to be such a difficult time because there's so much change and overwhelm and things to process. But again, like taking it day by day um, and starting to find who you are again, separate from that past relationship and what you love to do and things that make you happy and to start to slowly be able to build them in, especially if you are co-parenting being able to find time that you can do stuff for you because that will help you become a better parent when you do have the kids as well yeah so true Mm. 
Amy, how do your clients work with you? Like how do you have um, group programs, individual programs? How do you work with your clients? Um, so at the moment, just on like a one-to-one basis, um, we usually do about six sessions and that just depends on the client, whether they want to do less or more um, and what's right for them at the time. And we spread it out and look across two weeks and we just go at like their pace. So we look at a lot to do with the nervous system because of the trauma of that abusive relationship and helping them to start to feel safe because coming out of that relationship your nervous system is still in survival mode so that's like our initial focus at the start is helping them to start to feel safe and to understand why they feel the way they do and some strategies to help them to kind of manage that and start to feel calm again um and then like if they are co-parenting like helping them around that and putting boundaries in place and helping them to break that trauma bond with the narcissist so that they can start to move forward and feel more in control of their life again and help to regain their self-worth um, and self-belief and trust in themselves. I want to bring that, I want to just elaborate, and I know we're about getting ready to head, uh, end here, but that's really important what you're saying, because when you're married to a narcissist, everyone says, you know, good for you, you're gone, you're out of there, you're moving on. And everyone thinks that you're supposed to be over it, like you're just over it now. They don't realize that that you don't have that safe space, that you don't you don't feel like you're safe around it. They think that it's just over. But if you've experienced that, it mm-hmm. takes a long time. It, you know, it took me over a few years actually. Like it, it's it's not an easy process. So you know, if you know someone who is who's divorcing a narcissist or is experiencing them with their spouse, have more empathy than you probably realize that you should because even though you see that person as a jerk and we all know that that person's mean or what have you, the person who's experienced it needs that time to unravel from that. And so I I really do support that you're saying that you are stepping in there as that first step, you know, Mm -hmm. to let them get over the, let their nervous system change, you know, or reset or however you use it. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a coach like that, but I mean, so, so I think that's a big part that's overlooked and not focused on is everyone's just like, oh, good for you. Move on. Here you go. Rah, rah, rah. That's not what you say to someone you yeah, know, who's experiencing it. Yeah. And that just reminds me, I have a client the other day. He was saying like, everybody keeps telling me how proud they are of me and I should be yeah, happy. Like I've left and how happy they are for me. And she was like, I don't understand why people are saying this. So I don't feel like that. Why should I be proud of myself? And and that's because again like she's still that he is still her safe place and she's still like it's breaking away from that and understanding what she's been through it doesn't happen overnight as soon as you leave you don't just switch off all of everything that's happened and all that trauma and it takes you feeling safe to start to be able to process it as well so yeah yeah so if if your client if your client is listening to us right now we are all cheering you on to take the step that you need at your own pace and nobody else yeah definitely i often find with a lot of our clients that we have the conversation about you know they they don't know what's an emergency they don't know what's critical versus what can you know just sit for a while they have a lot of trouble prioritizing any event that happens. And I feel that if they had help such as you are able to offer, that would just get them more rooted in listening to themselves and processing information in a different way from a place of knowing, like you said, instead of a response to 
um, you know, of someone who's very controlling. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate your work there. It's it's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like, cause when you leave that relationship, you're in that survival mode, you're driven by your emotions and it's really hard to think logically, which is why it sounds like they would be experiencing that of being able to focus and work out what's important and to be able to trust themselves again takes a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. So this concludes this episode on resetting and thriving when divorcing a narcissist. It really can be done. Amy, how can our listeners find you and learn more about you? Um, so I'm on Instagram mainly. So I've got um, amy.goth. Find me on there. Um, if anyone did want to reach out for support, just message me the word break free. Um, and you also find a link in my bio to my website for some more information. Excellent. Thank you so much for a great conversation. Thank you. If you're considering divorce, Make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.